0: Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride interview series. I'm the editor-in-chief for ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, and it's a pleasure to be joined by CBS Sports sideline reporter Evan Washburn. Evan, you'll be on the sidelines on Sunday of Chiefs and Eagles with Ian Eagle and Charles Davis. How is it working with those guys, by the way, before we get into this game?
1: <laughs> It's awesome. Uh, this is year eight with Ian. i have done plenty of hoops together as well, and then Charles joined us last year. And just fit right in. I mean, you couldn't ask for two better partners upstairs. And we've got plenty of people behind the scenes, too, that make it all look good and uh, sound good. And it's just it's it's a it's a traveling family. And especially this year, getting to spend some more time together. uh, Protocols loosened up a little bit last year, obviously, for everybody was a little bit odd. So it's just nice to be able to get out there, do games and, and spend time together.
0: Well, welcome back into the mix, Evan. I think when you're starting and you're covering a game with the Chiefs and the Eagles, the first thing that's going to come up is Andy Reid. So I'll ask you what do you think the reception is going to be like for Andy and Philly? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you
1: brought that up. It was someone I was thinking about uh, just kind of preparing for the, the major storylines of this game. I, I have to imagine it'll be positive. I mean, it's been eight years since he's been back there. The, the way it worked out was right when he left, he went back the, the following season with Kansas City. And I have to imagine at that moment it was a, it was a bit more raw. And I'll be curious to talk to, to Andy on, on Friday when we do our production meetings to get a sense of what his expectations are now eight years removed. And I'm sure he's been back to Philly at times for certain things, but this is the first time there to compete. And I, I, do, I do think now it's there's enough of a gap of time to probably create, you would think, even more appreciation for what they were able to do there for 14 years.
0: Yeah, it reminds me in a sense of like when Brett Favre finally went back to Green Bay after all that end of his career stuff happened. You, at a certain point, you appreciate what that coach was able to do. Andy Reid, of course, going for his 100th win as a Chiefs head coach, had 100 wins with Philly. No one's ever done that before. So really looking forward to that aspect of this game. These are, in 2021, two one and 2 teams. Who, in your opinion, maybe needs the, the game <laughs> worse for, for this game here?
1: Uh, it's Kansas City. I mean, Philadelphia fans, their standard is high. I think that organization obviously is is putting a product out there that they want to succeed and they want to win games, but they are a organization or team, I should say, roster-wise that is clearly in whether you be reload, rebuild, whatever – term you want to use, they're they're in transition, if you will. And there's a lot of question marks surrounding that team with a lot of youth just on the staff. And then also at key positions like quarterback. Kansas City is locked and loaded to get back to a Super Bowl. And and that's the expectation. And the last two weeks hasn't been up to their standard. And so I think when you look at urgency, I think both teams have it. But the the expectation for Kansas city, both internally and externally is one where this team has to start winning games now.
0: Right. We talked about how you'll enter this production meeting on Friday, where you get to have these conversations, intimate conversations with the chiefs and coaching staff. And we know about the Andy Reid storyline. What else really interests you from a a chief's perspective?
1: I think Pete it's, it's how do you toe the line offensively between aggressiveness and embracing all that makes Patrick Mahomes special, Kelsey special, just that whole unit, Tyreek Hill, with also not being reckless. And that's something we've touched on doing games over the last couple of years, and they've done such a good job of, of, of towing that line. And, look, fumbles to me are a little bit different than interceptions, but just as you now sit at one and two in the division – Doing what it's done based off of the way Las Vegas is playing, Denver's playing. You don't want this offense gripping the wheel too tight, if you will, mm-hmm. but there needs to be an acknowledgement that we need to get back to the basics and and maybe playing a little bit more on schedule. So getting a sense from Patrick and from Andy Reid and Eric Bianami, Travis Kelsey, those guys, when we speak with them, I, I kind of I'm curious what terminology they'll use or, or yeah. how they'll characterize it because i do know that they really value what they have as they should but there has to be an acknowledgement that it kind of gotten away from us the last couple of weeks
0: one of the storylines that's a little kansas city specific at this point and i've i think we've seen it now the first three weeks of the season is anytime an opposing team on offense gets past the 50 yard line They're going to go for it on fourth down. Do you sense this becoming a trend? What do you make of this phenomenon that is just teams going uber aggressive against the Chiefs?
1: Yeah, I feel like uh, our crew, and this would have been three years ago, saw it the first time. It was when Baltimore came in there uh, in Kansas City and was just going for it on every fourth down, going for two. I mean, some of the math, it felt wonky in the moment, but then when you went back and uh, I'm not huge on the analytics just because math makes my brain hurt, but I do trust that it, it's <laughs> we, an important, we're the
0: same. We're in the same boat. I mean, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's an important aspect to the game. So I, I'm not uh, downplaying it, but I, I think Kansas city is well aware that that's just part of their, their life every Sunday. And while I'm sure it's something they plan for because they plan for everything. I'm not a believer that it really impacts the way they play. Offensively, Now, defensively, and I know Steve Spagnuolo spoke to this on Monday, they need to probably prioritize more time and practice with those fourth down situations, those short yardage situations, and maybe even longer yardage situations in terms of fourth down defense because teams are going to maybe go for it on fourth and four, fourth and six in areas of the field that conventionally it's not the case. So that's really the only area I would think it would make – it would require – Tangible change, if you will, if you're Kansas City, it was it was the game where I remember specifically afterwards, it became apparent that teams are going to play Kansas City differently. And and Baltimore was, I think, at the forefront of that and then did it again. The following, or the this uh, past Sunday, a couple weeks ago.
0: <laughs> Say the cliche, the copycat league. We, we hear it on every <laughs> every single show. Uh, I want to ask you about the Eagles, and and this is a team that's in the NFC, a little bit far into Kansas City. And so as you go into a production meeting with the Eagles, which storylines are you focusing on?
1: Well, it's an offense that is still finding itself. Nick Sirianni is a first-year head coach. He comes in, offensive coordinator, as we know, from Indianapolis. And then they have Jalen Hurts, at quarterback. And, and when you watch them play in week one, they completely boat race Atlanta. But as I think we were reminded of, especially last week and in week two, week one results are really not worth spending too much time right. on because of the amount of time you have to prepare for that one game. You can scout the opponent, even though there's plenty of unknowns. And I I do think that we've recognized with Philadelphia the last couple weeks that there's some growing pains here and some figuring it out uh, when it comes to this offense. So I think uh, the dominant storyline for us will be, okay, based off of what happened Monday night in Dallas against a similar opponent when you think about the offensive firepower as to what they're going to face in Kansas City, and their approach to that game was that they were trying to keep pace with Dallas, and and they just couldn't do it. They didn't run the ball at all, and that was part of the game plan. It sounds like so. Is there a shift in in philosophy going up against another high powered offense in Kansas City? To me, is something that uh, that'll be interesting to hear their their perspective on when we meet with them.
0: It, it is an interesting aspect because I am tapped into Sirianni's comments on that. And he said it was a game plan type of thing that they didn't run the football. But what you're facing right now is the Chiefs defense who more so in the first two weeks had a lot of trouble stopping the run. And so how do you think that that matchup? We know that or we think that there'll be more of an emphasis on the run because it's been such a point in the media. How, how do you think the Chiefs defense might respond to that on Miles Sanders, a Kenny Gainwell type deal?
1: Well, I, I think, and look, I, I go back and forth on this, and I think it's it's team specific. But when we're talking about Philadelphia, I would think based off of the immaturity or youth they have, inexperience at some of those key positions offensively, wide receiver, quarterback, mm-hmm. offensive line in flux here due to injuries. You want to try and control the clock. You want to run the ball. You look at what Kansas City's given up defensively. And if you value possession, and that's one of the things that got away from them in the Dallas game, you throw a pick six, it completely throws things out of whack. And time of possession was kind of out the window there in the the first half, and you're chasing uh, a score. If you have the game on your terms, if you're Philadelphia, yeah, I think you've established the run game. Sanders is uh, probably one of the more underrated backs in the league. And you have a Kansas City defense that's finding themselves right now. The, The big concern, though, Pete, would be, what offensive line are you running uh, behind? Because they're down, I think. I mean, as we sit here now, three starters. And um, th- that, that makes it tough no matter what defense you're facing.
0: Do you think it's going too far when you just mentioned the Chiefs defense is finding itself a little bit? Do you think it's going too far to call this a potential get-right game for Kansas City considering the offensive line and the two Hertz interceptions? Or do you, do you think that maybe it's going to too, a step too far?
1: Well, I mean, look, how you quantify it it really doesn't matter. I think any positive result for that unit is heading in the right direction, no matter the opponent. And I I am a believer that there is momentum that can be built off of positive performances. You can't carry it necessarily without putting in the work and still having that attention and urgency the following Sunday. But I do think that if this defense can – have an impact and in, a in, in consistency for four quarters and and not bend and not break as they have at, at, at key moments the last couple of weeks, especially against the run, then that carries over because I, I am a believer that there's enough there to be what they were when they were at their best down the stretch in some of these Super Bowl runs where, as you well know, I mean, you, you live and breathe it every day, and right. defense doesn't have to be great. They just have to be serviceable. They have to be solid and they can't give up those big plays and and some of the the, the breakdowns that they, they've had um, in recent
0: weeks. Talking with CBS sideline reporter Evan Washburn who will be on the sidelines in Philly, Chiefs and Eagles noon Arrowhead time on Sunday. I want to end here by just taking a step back away from this game. So here we go. I mean, the Chiefs stand at one and two. Has your outlook changed? What is your current outlook for the Kansas City Chiefs as they move forward from this?
1: I wouldn't say it's changed, but I think my outlook, what what has shifted is my outlook on the division. I've had the Raiders twice in person, so Pittsburgh and then last week at home against the Dolphins. And as we sit here now, I would say the Dolphins and Steelers are probably not necessarily playoff caliber teams, at least the way they're performing in the moment. So those results from Las Vegas should be put into that Um, into that framework. But I I think that's a really, really tough team. And you talk about defense, they they found it there. And I I just, I'm starting to believe that they they could really challenge Kansas city. And then obviously there's the chargers who chiefs fans are intimately aware of uh, after what happened last Sunday. So my belief in Kansas city hasn't wavered. uh, But my thought is the road's going to be more challenging Based off of Las Vegas, the Chargers, and then well, Denver's three and zero, but mm. their opponents are a combined zero and nine. What they do Sunday at home against Baltimore, I think, will go a long way in determining: is man, is this a is the, does the road become even that much harder? Because I'm not necessarily sold on Denver just yet, but uh, right. it, it's clear that this division uh, is arguably uh, the most challenging in the NFL right now
0: unfamiliar territory for the Chiefs. You mentioned the Broncos and the Ravens. Then we have the Chargers and the Raiders on Monday night. I know that the Broncos and Raiders are the only two undefeated teams in the AFC. Who do you like the best when you take the Chiefs out of it? Of those teams and what you've seen so far, who gives the Chiefs the greatest challenge in your eyes? Uh, probably the
1: chargers uh just based off of um how many weapons they have offensively the comfort in which herbert seems to have found with joe lombardi Uh, i thought there would be more growing pains than there appear to be and then that defense um can can wreck and ruin a quarterback's day based off a pass rush and then and then what Brandon Staley's brought. I mean, he's clearly cemented himself as one of the better defensive coaches in this league. And now he's running a program there in L.A. So it it would probably be the Chargers. um, But man, the Raiders are they're, they're a tough squad. And you do get a better appreciation for teams when you get them back to back weeks, Pete, because you, you can be a prisoner of the moment uh, and you see him uh, beat a Pittsburgh team on the road, which is challenging no matter how um, rough Pittsburgh looks, especially offensively right now. But then to, to see what they did in that overtime win over Miami, where most teams, when things are going South, you're down 14, nothing. There's a few teams in Kansas City's one of them that still f- have the confidence to think, Oh no, we can get back in this game. And, mm-hmm. And Las Vegas is starting to build that. So, man, it, it's just going to be—it's it, going to be a fun season as an outsider who has no real rooting interest. I know <laughs> your listeners and viewers probably aren't feeling that right now, but it's—it's it's the division to watch. Uh, absolutely,
0: the entire West, the AFC West and yeah. the NFC West are very interesting this well year. Um, Evan, you'll be on the sideline, of course, for Chiefs and Eagles. How can our fans at Arrowhead Pride follow your work in particular? Can you just pump up uh, your own self right now?
1: Yeah, well, look, I'll be honest. I'm not um, very active on social media, but I am on Twitter at Evan Washburn. (laughs) Um, I I utilize it. I follow, as I was saying to you before we started rolling, um, I follow you guys at Arrowhead Pride, and and, um, I I make sure to keep – you know i think when you you bounce around all these different markets the the beat recorders become a real lifeblood for you because and as a guy who did it for a short period of time in baltimore um you uh you have an appreciation for it so i'm on there but um you don't need to follow me because i'm not going to tweet anything (laughs) i might retweet some promotional stuff from cbs but beyond that um, uh, just stick with uh, Arrowhead Pride and you'll be happy.
0: Look at this company, man. We appreciate <laughs> we appreciate the time. Of course, it's Evan Washburn, CBS Sports, Sideline Reporter on the call for Chiefs and Eagles, Sunday noon Arrowhead time. Thank you for joining us on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network.
1: Yeah, enjoy it, Pete. Thanks.